Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Paul, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Oh, gosh, that is such a great one. I, I think it's not, uh, I think my difference maybe is that I, I don't run from the pain and the problems that I'm experiencing. I try to sit in them a little bit and uh, I try to do something about it. You know, and I think, and then I, I take people along the journey of here's what's working for me. And here, here, let's talk about this. And let me, I'll be the first one, you know? So, cause, cause my, one of my phrases I'm always saying is that we're all struggling but too many of us are struggling to make it look like we're not struggling. Mm. And it's in that shared struggle, right? That's the power. That's the power. It's like, okay, we're in this together. We're all fellow travelers. And that's what I feel like my role is as an author, as a speaker. It's like, hey, I'm in here this too, but I've just, I've become so passionate about doing something about this because I know what it's like to go through through this. So I think it's, it's just that ability to kind of like, hey, you know, I'm not going to run from this. Let me figure out how to, how to reinvent this, how to do, how to transform this. Where's the redemption in this? And then how do I help other people do the same? How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Paul and Goni. And Paul is no rookie to this podcast. He's been on quite a few times. And today is an interesting episode because we're talking about his latest book. This man is a prolific author. We're talking about how to listen to your day. As some of you already know, I, I shared recently with you that I suffered from generalized anxiety disorder. It's, it's part of uh, what I go through on a daily basis, dealing with the overthinking and, and understanding how to, to manage what I call the party in my brain. And um, part of working through that is understanding how to be present. And his book is all about that. He's got great actionable tips for you to do that. And also ways for you to pause and reflect so that you can connect that mind to the body and uh, ultimately your soul. So today's episode is all about his journey through understanding his uh, anxiety, understanding through understanding his day as well. And he's presenting options for you to do the same within yourself as well as your environment. So as always, I always encourage you all to check the show notes or the links to resources. And then also just, you know, be kind to yourselves. So today, no exception. Enjoy the episode and see you in the next time. Welcome everyone to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today is no stranger. We have Paul Angoni. Paul Angoni, some of you may remember, is one of the leading voices in the nation, 
nation being the United States, but he, you know, he might, he's, in, he's you know, international as well. A little international. There's a little international, bit of international yeah. dabbling in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the leading voices on getting generations to work better together. He's the best-selling author of 101 Questions You Need to Ask in Your 20s, All Grown Up. He's also the, the person to talk to you about what to do in your 30s. And his new book is called Listen to Your Day, The Life-Changing Practice of Paying Attention. As someone who's been a speaker and has set up cutting-edge processes for people to actually learn how to work with each other, I'm very, very excited to, to have him on the show because we always learn you know, new things every time we have them on the show. Welcome, Paul. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, Teo. It's an honor being back here, man. Pleasure's mine. Now, I I know we're recording this at the end of May, which is Mental Health Month, but this is probably going to come out June, July or something like that. Sure. However, this is something that needs to happen all the time. I'm not someone that believes that mental health should be, you know, just beholden to one month. Then your book, Listen to Your Day, is a fascinating, possibly one of the most important things that we need to learn how to do today. Because Mm. when I was listening to podcast interviews from you, you had described our obsessive connection to devices as a obsessive connection disorder. Yeah. You believe that this is the 21st century cigarette. Mm -hmm. Why did you write this? Why did you write this book? Yeah. I mean, because I was feeling the effects of the problem, right? You know, that's, that's pretty much all my books is it starts with me feeling like I am utterly failing at something. Mm. And I'm like, I got to change this. I got to do something about this. That's why I wrote books, 101 secrets, your twenties, 101 questions you ask in your twenties. Cause I felt like I was failing in my twenties. It's like, how do you figure this out? There's no roadmap for this decade of life. So that's why I became passionate about this. Fast forward now, you know, four kids, a wife, busy, you know, all these different things. I felt like I was really starting to notice. I was starting to pay attention to my lack of control of where I was placing my attention. Mm. I really didn't feel like I was even making those conscious choices anymore. I felt like it was just kind of this reflex response. It was something really that I was addicted to. You know, and that's a classic sign of an addiction because it's something that I didn't even really necessarily want to do anymore, meaning always jumping on my phone, having it be this reflex response, you know, and that's why I call it it the, we're the kind of the, the, it's, um, we're the refresh generation now, you know, we're always constantly refreshing some screen to get some hit, you know, and, and they've made it as addictive as possible. And so we can go into all that, but I just felt like I was really struggling with it myself. So I felt like, man, I got to really build new habits and practices and really dive into this of how do I start taking uh, control back of my own attention, which really is my own life and my thoughts and my mind. Hmm. So you define attention as your thoughts and your mind, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's what you're, you know, what you're focusing on, you know, so where are you directing your attention? And, and I do think we view attention maybe incorrectly you know, almost as something that's passive, you know, that I'm just going to passively, you know, things come in front of me and when they do, I'll pay attention to them, you know, and I'm just going from one thing to another, but, but psychologists have been studying this and they, and they actually call it inattentional blindness. Yeah. Yeah. There's one theory, which they were basically shocked about how little we actually perceive about what's coming directly in front of us. Because we really only see what we're looking for. 
we really only see what we're looking for most of the time. So it starts in our minds. It starts with our, a thought process. It starts with, hey, what do I want to focus on? You know, and, and that's where confirmation bias comes in, right? You know, you, you've made your mind up, hey, this is how the world works. And this is what I want to see. And so then you will then see those things. So it's just an interesting way to look at how we pay attention if we are going to then say, okay, how do I do a better job in paying attention to what I say is important instead of wasting so much time and energy focusing on things that have no value, so little value in our lives. And yet we spend so much of our choice attention paying attention to those things. You bring a up a great point and i'm i'm putting my mind inside the audience here for a little bit someone yeah. is probably talking there's one section probably talking about i love what you're saying paul but i have all these thoughts that i can't seem to stop you know the anxiety essentially mm -hmm. and it's just racing 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 and sometimes i find myself focusing on this mistake i made or worrying about the future or obsessing about the past and it's taking me away from the present essentially then we have another section of the audience who We'll be talking about, okay, well, in it, it's it, I can see what you're saying, but how can I make it intentional if I'm just starting out my career and I have all these responsibilities and there's no way to get out of that, you know, cycle? What would you say to those two schools of thought? Well, that's that's a lot, you know, and that's <laughs> and it's, it's hard to oversimplify any of this, right? Right. There's so much nuance, so much that's um, a part of each person's story, how we're wired, how our brains are wired. You know, uh, our values are a big part of this. You know, there's, there's, it's a deep conversation. That's why I wrote a book about it, right? You did, you did. <laughs> you know, and and I have exercises at the, you know, at the end of each chapter because what I'm trying to do is basically build a framework. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to build a framework for say, hey, let's think about this. Let's pay attention to this and put some intentionality to this. Yeah, and, and so that's really where it starts. You know, are we living an intentional life? when it comes to where we're placing our attention. Uh -huh. Because I make the argument in the book that I really feel like the most successful and fulfilled people on this planet are those who are paying attention to what's important to them. Which doesn't, I mean, that seems basic, but maybe no. it's radical, I don't know. No, it but is, it is. But basically those people have, first of all, that starts with, okay, what's important to you? So they've made that in intentional thought process, those they've paid attention to that in their lives. They've studied their values. They studied, you know, what makes them excited, what makes them anxious. They've they've identified and defined some of these things in their life. And then they've narrowed their focus. Instead of feeling like I got to experience everything, I feel like successful people, they're actually the opposite. They're like, no, I'm going to narrow my focus on, on certain things. Um, I was actually, you know, we were talking about sports before we jumped on this interview. So I'll do a sports metaphor. Sorry if you don't like sports metaphors. I know we use them too much, but I was listening to a wide receiver, a documentary on Steve Largent. He yeah. was this famous wide receiver on the Seahawks, a guy that everybody said is not going to make it. He's too slow. He doesn't have what it takes, right? But Steve Largent was known for catching everything that came his way. You know, he would catch no matter what it was, he would catch the ball. And I was listening to him talk and he said, you know, the moment that it, everything changed for me is I stopped focusing on the football as a whole. And I would just narrow my focus on the tip of the spiral. And that was the only thing I would look at when I was catching the ball. And when I narrowed my focus, I, I, I started catching everything. And I just felt like, man, that's such a good metaphor for, 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 again, what I feel like an expert is. 
Yeah. You know, we applaud experts in our culture and really an expert's not this special, you know, uh, amazing intelligence, you know, the most charismatic or whatever, you know, they're, they're not all these, they're not God or goddesses. An expert has just simply narrowed their focus on something that's important to them. And they've gone to great lengths at knowing it better than anybody else. Yeah. And, and you don't do that if you're living a distracted life, looking everywhere like a dog chasing balls and squirrels and looking all over the place, you know, you narrow your focus. No, and, and I think you're answering the question. First of all, yes, a lot of things I always say things can be simple, but not easy. It sounds like what you're describing are simple mm -hmm. processes, but not easy in application. And for the first school of thought where you have, you know, those racing thoughts, and one of the things my therapist always tells me, especially because I have generalized anxiety disorder, mm -hmm. she, she always reminds me about the, the simple things I can do to be present. So she would say when you're eating, you know, make sure the TV's off and the podcast is off is off because she knows mm -hmm. with me my my nickname that she gives me is I'm an info junkie so I'm the guy that listens to podcasts at 3x speed I'm one of those people because <laughs> I'm in my head I'm like I'm gonna go through 10 books and so she, she says just remind you you know just enjoy and feel the taste of the mm -hmm. meal and the texture of that or in, in the shower just let the water run through your head and don't have to catch the news those things will still be there and so that intentionality of finding moments in your day, even if you have those racing thoughts, you're going to find that things start to slow down a little bit. And then with the second school of thought, what you were saying, you were just, you said you'd be intentional about the attention, right? Also mm -hmm. be aware of the distractions you have. So even if you're in a busy cycle, there's certain moments where you, you are telling yourself something that isn't entirely true, or you're worrying about something that is taking you away from doing what you need to do to essentially be the expert in your mm -hmm. job. And so filter between the distraction and what deserves your focus. And then you just develop that habit over and over again. And then you start yeah. spiral. Exactly. And this, and this, and that's, you're exactly right. This is about building new habits and practices. Mm. And, and we talk about, we talk about self-discipline a lot, you know, especially let's say eating, working out tail. I know you work out, you eat healthy. You're, you're disciplined yeah. as far as what you're putting into your body. Yeah, I don't think we're I don't think as a culture as a whole, we're as disciplined about what we're consuming through media, through what we are paying our attention to. Yeah. And, and it's literally in the phrase, pay attention. You're 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 making a transaction. You're paying attention. And now more than ever, your attention is money. Yeah, we are in an attention economy. Everything wants your attention because your attention and your time is money. Yes. So, all, you know, and so we have to be aware of that again. And what, what do you want to be paying your choice attention to? What, mm -hmm. what do you want to be investing in and building compound interest? You know, you're investing in quality relationships. You're investing in your mental health. You're investing in um, you know, what is important to you? What is your purpose, your place, your home on this earth? Uh, or are you in debt to Instagram? You know, if you looked at your time bank account, your attention bank account, are you in debt to your phone? You know, is that yeah. where you're placing your choice attention? For me, that was my case. You know, we're spending on average, what, four to six hours a day on our phone. Uh, some of it's work. Some of it, you know, is just the mindless scrolling uh, game that we're playing, uh, you know, and that could equate to about 15 years of your life. If you keep that up, uh, you know, from age 13 to 83, 
that would be about 15 years of your life uh, if you're spending four to six hours a day on your phone. So again, where are you paying your attention? Or are you just going out your front door and you just got $20 bills and you're just throwing them around to anybody? Anybody, hey, entertain, make me laugh for a second. I'll pay you a 20. You know, make me get <laughs> mad for a second. I'll pay you a 20. You know, and that's kind of <coughs> what that's kind of what our viewing habits are like right now. Yeah. Yeah. I always love a good metaphor. So the, the bank account, the uh, compounding, those are, <laughs> those are, those are always great. Um, well, you know, one roll here with the sports, with the finances, uh, just keep it, you know, what else can we do? We get to pull some history in here. I mean, we got, we, we got a lot hey, more to cover. Hey, it, we'll dive into history soon. Cause I, <laughs> I, 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 I uh, remember something, but one of the things that I was reflecting on when you were talking is, you said we're in intention economy. We've heard people say creator economy. There's AI right now. And I will sit with myself sometimes. This is what happens when you have anxiety. You start wondering, oh, no. what's going to happen? Mm. I'll say, Tayo, 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 You don't know anything. We were just mm. in the pandemic. People were saying this. And there was a rise of influences and all these things. Then after a while, it became this. And then there was mm -hmm. that and that. And throughout all those situations, your skill set, has been able to adapt because you focused on something. What mm -hmm. is going to be the difference? But I have to say, I have to literally call myself mm. and say, Tayo, let's let's focus. What is a distraction? What can be adapted? And what mm. can you keep focusing on? Because one of yeah. the things I'm realizing, you, you, you write a lot to the millennial and Gen Z generation. Mm -hmm. I do think some of the distractions that we give ourselves are tied to what we feel our passions are. So sometimes mm. when we haven't fully formed our passions and our passions are basically based on what we scroll through and we say, we like that. We want that attention that comes from that. Mm -hmm. We forget to focus on ourselves and mm -hmm. the skill sets and what we are uniquely skilled for. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. Yeah. And, and like you were saying earlier, you know, you know, we have to protect, you know, I, I would argue, you know, like a, a new habit a practice I've started while writing the book, you know, I, I really had to live the book as I was writing it because I was struggling with my attention span to write books. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even read a book. You know, yeah, I read, a page, I read a page, you know, and then I go to some tab where I'm writing my book. And before I even know it, I'm on some random tab. It's like, whatever I've got, I'm looking at my browser. I have like 15 tabs open right now. You Same. know, it, it's insanity. And I would just find my, it would take me a while to even catch myself from doing that. Yeah. So a new, a new habit and practice I started and, and, and there's different ways to do this. I'm not saying that this is the way it has to be done, but it is what worked for me is during my work day, I started scheduling in like a 30, 40 minute hike slash walk in some semblance of nature that I could find close to me. And um, I don't listen to anything. There's no AirPods in my ears. I'm not bringing anything with me. And I just go on this walk. And, and I just, and that's where listening to your day comes in. You know, that's the name of the book. And that's what I'm trying to do. Again, being present, but I'm just letting my mind breathe. Mm -hmm. I'm letting it enter into a quiet, wide open space instead of just the small confines of my phone. Yeah. And I equate it in the book, you know, I equate, you know, like that sponge that's been in your sink too long, that kind of smells and is soggy. And yet we keep cleaning the dishes with it. Like it's somehow effective. Um, <laughs> that's what I equate our brains to. You know, because it's we, an we, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love a good metaphor and analogy, but <laughs> but we never let our brains fully dry out. Yeah, we, we we're not our brains aren't made to be hardwired with so much coming at it all the time. Right. We need those quiet spaces. And for me, that walk 
is not only it's good for my physical health, it's good for my emotional health, it's good for my mental health. You know, all the studies showing that if you go on a walk in nature and you're just looking around at trees, does more to help ease anxiety and depression than so many other things will do for you. But it's also the most productive 30 minutes of my day because I'm getting hit with all these ideas. I'm getting hit with information but it's information that's coming out of my own life, my own thought processes, what I feel is important. And I'm, I'm literally writing my book on that walk, you know, so I am jotting down notes here and there. I, you know, I am using some phone app to jot down a note, but then I'm putting it away, you know, but so it's also a very productive time because aha moments, we talk about aha moments, aha moments don't happen by accident. They happen in those quiet peaceful at rest times in our life. That's why most people say I get my best ideas in the shower. It's because it's that one moment that you're quiet, the water, you're at peace and your mind's wandering. It's solving problems for you. You've allowed some. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Space for that to happen and now you're getting ideas. So we have to protect these kind of silent silos in our life. We have to be diligent. We have to literally fight for that space. Even if it's two minutes before you step into a meeting, you take some breaths, say a prayer, you know, do it, do whatever that helps ground you and just, and just relax, you know, deep breaths. Like you were saying, feel the pavement, smell, hear, be present with your senses and just let your mind and body calm down. And and that's going to do so much. Uh, for for our long term health and 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 really our productivity too. Yeah, I believe you call this the power of the pause in the book, right? Power of pause. Mm. Yep. Pause. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, there are other things that come to mind when you're thinking about what you're saying. So when you listen to your day, I believe, and I think you wrote this too. It involves being aware of emotions and how they affect us. Mm-hmm. And so as we're crafting this plan for us this framework that you've created what do you think are some strategies that we can use to develop emotional intelligence so that we can improve our awareness yeah you know i think like you said that those emotions are a big part of it yeah you know in anxiety you know uh, you know obviously there's different levels of anxiety different disorders like you know you can speak to this you know and and everything that your mind is racing and going through as you're going you know for me i've definitely learned the power of defining my anxiety, you know, Mm. this feeling. So it's not this faceless, nameless thing and feeling that I, I, you know, I'm just, I can't quite figure this out. Yes. And and, when we can't always define it, sometimes it might just feel vague, 
you know, and that's a tough time when it is, but there's other times that I can take, I can pause and I can say, okay, what's making me, okay, what was it, you know, and I'll take those steps back and, 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 and sometimes I can locate it, you know, it's like that reverse treasure hunt, you know, and, uh, you know, the treasure is a definition for you that helps then for me, it's like, and a lot of times it does stem from social media, mm. which is crazy. You know, I'll be like, was it the conversation I had with my wife? No, that was good. Was it the time with my kids? No, that was good. Oh, it, it's the post that I, I just checked the post I did and I didn't have as many likes as I was thinking I would. Right. And I was, and I was carrying that anxiety with me and it was just nameless and faceless. And it was affecting my time with my kids. It was affecting my conversation with my wife um, because I hadn't really identified uh, yeah. what it was, but then also on the flip side, excitement, you know, those feelings where your, your pulse is quickening, you're excited. You feel like you're in the flow, whatever phrase you want to use. It's even stopping and paying attention to that as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. And saying like, what, man, why is that? You know, what's the why behind this? What is that? How does this? And both of them really, I feel like are, are, are also signposts to your values. I think anxiety and excitement both can be signposts at times or, or you know, a vision, a magnifying lens into your values. Because I do think for me as well, and I'm, I'm just speaking from experience, that sometimes my anxiety is, is, tied to, is, is also tied to conviction because I'm being convicted of a value that is being contradicted in my life. Yeah. And I, so feel, I feel anxious about that, but it's actually, it's actually almost in a sense a good thing because it's, 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 it's shining the light that says, hey, Paul, you have a value for family, let's say but you're not paying attention to your family. And so you feel anxious about that, you yes. know? And so sometimes that conviction uh, based off how we're paying attention to that can be a powerful thing. I, I, I agree. I couldn't, you know, agree even more because <laughs> I'm going to bring my therapist up again. We were, I was talking to her about just something that, that happened and, and she was like, why are you focusing on that do you think you're a bad person and i was like no but i don't think that was the best i feel like i wasn't proud of myself in that moment mm. and and i was saying you know me and my best self is this and the fact that i did that i'm not okay with that i'm focusing and I, she was trying to help me let go of the emotion mm. and understand mm -hmm. that this is information for yourself it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you are now that thin it means mm -hmm. you did something that you weren't proud of, but if you focus on that and think that you're that thin, then you're not mm -hmm. going to be able to grow into, uh, you know, the person. So there's this concept of letting go. How do you let go of perfection, right? So there's mm -hmm. this concept. This is the the big enemy of whatever it's happened that when you name the emotions, I feel like I wasn't the perfect version of me, and so perfectionism is is the villain in this moment. Mm -hmm. And but it's it's it, it's you know it, 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 I feel like my value of integrity was affected here and i was you know disingenuous so hmm. perfectionism disingenuous so i am this and hmm. I, I and it was really about an exercise of finding a way to highlight separate filter mm -hmm. and then be present move on mm -hmm. and let go it's just that cycle mm -hmm. huh. yeah i mean that, and that's and that's powerful you know and that's powerful and, and you're giving your now you're giving yourself you know, a richer, uh, a, a deeper roots, you know, of, of how you then can operate in, in the future. And, uh, you know, so that we're not making the same mistakes over and over again and, uh, and hurting ourselves and hurting the people around you, you know, that level of conviction, I think is powerful. 
but then, like you said, not making it a noun, not making it a name, you know, we, we fail, but that doesn't mean we're a failure. Um, you know, and so it's that distinction yeah. of, you know, and that's another powerful thing, you know, and that's a whole nother conversation, but, but I'm even working on that constantly of, uh, you know, I, I got to throw out the definitions, failure and success. I, I just don't even want them in my vocabulary, really. Okay, Giannis. Okay, yeah, Giannis. I, well, yeah, I will. I, you know, it's because it's because we're so quick to label everything. You know, we again, we want instant outcome and in, instant definition. And I, yeah, Giannis was talking about that. You know, there's no failure, and there, you know, all this yeah. thing, and <laughs> you know, but but this idea, but you know, but I mean, for and for somebody like Giannis, who's been at the top, you know, who's won the NBA championship for non-basketball fans, who's won the MVP, you know, he's he's done it. Um, but we're so quick to jump to something, you know, and I, I know for myself, I've labeled a lot of things successes in my life. Like I thought there were big things uh, that didn't amount to anything in the grand scheme of things. Right. Uh, and then there was big failures in my life that I thought I totally messed up or it totally went awry. My plans failed. They were in, up in flames. And then those were the most defining moments that really clarified everything for me and really set me on my path of passion because I, I knew what it was like to go through something difficult and I wanted to help other people do the same. And so, again, I think sometimes even just paying so much attention to that definition of we have no idea. You, I, I think we only can see this through the lens of eternity. You, you, you literally don't searching for sugar man is one of my favorite documentaries. Have you ever seen that? Uh, the no, documentaries, such a powerful one. Uh, I, I won't go through the whole thing, but it's the best example of, I have, of an artist who completely thought they failed a musician and then the impact that he was having uh, internationally that he never knew about in the lives that he was changing. So again, we don't, we, we don't know the end of the story. So we just got to keep writing the chapters and doing the best that we can yeah. in the process of it. Yeah. So far we've talked about how listening to your day involves listening to your emotions, being able to be intentional uh, and, you know, simplifying a lot of the things that you need to do. There's another aspect that you bring up with the book, which is listening to your body. And so obviously your emotions. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, again, I don't think we give just simple things. You know, if you're, if you have some not so great habits, as far as how you're treating your body, you know, if you're not going to, if you're not getting sleep, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not eating well, if you're not drinking water, if you're not exercising, it does then make it harder to pay attention to what's important uh, because it's harder to do paying attention to what's important is not always easy. It's fulfilling and it's really good. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's also hard work to yeah. do. Good work is hard work. Yeah. And, uh, and if you're not paying attention to what you're doing with your body and how that's related to then, you know, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm just, flat on my face because I just ate a gigantic lunch I shouldn't have eaten. Now I can't pay attention to anything, you know, so there is that interconnectedness uh, with your attention, your physical body, the choices that you're making and how they all interact off each other. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The, there's one chapter in your book that I can deeply relate to, and people are probably going to be asking that question. I, I believe it's called fighting boredom with curiosity. And I'm curious to, from your perspective, if you could share ways we can cultivate curiosity and use it as, as a way to combat boredom in our lives. Hmm. You know, I think maybe one thing, you know, cause again, we're so quick 
you know, I call, I call us cultural escape artists <laughs> and, and it's socially acceptable now for us to escape all the time in public places, in any line waiting for anything. Anytime you feel bored, you just have a bunch of people kind of escaping into their phones into what, whatever they want to consume on their phone. So I think one way for curiosity to happen is a lot of the times it does happen around people. You know, you're, you're, again, you're sitting next to somebody on the airplane. What are the odds that this is happening right now? It, it's one in a trillion that you two are next to each other in this moment in history on this airplane. So could there be just a kernel of curiosity there that is open to that, uh, you know, that possibility that maybe I need to meet this person or let me at least be open to this possibility by saying hi to this person instead of pretending like we're both not really here physically. Mm. Uh, and, and so there's a, allowing that curiosity to set in, you know, I, you know, I wonder why I'm next to this person right now. And, and sometimes it might be just whatever. It might just be for a, a casual conversation that's enjoyable or other times it could be life-changing and that could be the, the exact person you needed to meet. You know, I call them not so chance encounters. You know, we call them chance encounters, but I'm like, the odds are so crazy. I, I you know, the, the, the possibility that this is just chance. I don't know, but it's incredible that I'm there. And, and I've had those moments of just those awkward wandering moments where I have no idea what I'm doing, but I just am trying to be curious and open to what could be possible. You know, this kind of the, the amazing that can come from awkwardness. And, uh, and that's how I, I mean, I, I got my uh, second book deal at a conference, just awkwardly wandering around, just trying to, just meeting people, just going where I felt like I should go, talk to some lady at a table. She's like, you got to meet the VP of my market, you know, marketing at this publishing company. He's going to love you. And, and that's what led to, you know, book number two. Uh, so again, we just don't know. We feel like we have it all dialed in. Like, this is how it's going to work. This is the plan. This is the steps I need to take, but let's, let's bring that curiosity in those boring, awkward moments and just allow ourselves to be in that space without being cultural escape artists right away. Without being cultural escape artists right away. I, this, this one really resonated with me because when I was reading it, I was reflecting on what it was like growing up and we're both old enough to know what it was like before cell phones and smartphones, I guess we could say. and. You know, when I was in Nigeria or even Burkina Faso, different parts of the world, we, we, my father and my mother, they would drive us to this long, we'll go from city to city for something, see grandparents or something like that. It would be two hours, three hours, and we'll just sit in the car. And in my head at that time, I wasn't bored. I, it, would, it was just sort of something that I accepted. You read a physical book and you just go through your day. And then I, I try to put myself today in that time. <laughs> with the same conditions and i i just could not even imagine not doing anything with my hands for 10 minutes and i and i kept thinking about what has happened as the generations have gone because mm. it, you know i'm still in my 30s this is not like i i'm 60 something and this is this is a change or something this has really happened in a span where there's a whole new generation gen z mm -hmm. and even after that and i i wonder if there's systemic things that we can do to really cultivate that curiosity, whether it's in the workplace or in schools where people can remember that it's okay to be silent. It's okay to 
enjoy a physical book. It's okay to feel the breeze in the backseat of a car. And it's fine if someone else doesn't talk to you for a little bit and you're alone mm -hmm. with your thoughts. Do you mm -hmm. have any systemic way to solve this? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh... I think that's going to be one of those challenges, you know, as, as, you know, as parents, you know, I have a parent, I'm a parent of uh, four young kids. So I'm seeing that, that experience now of, um, you know, how tempting it is to have the digital babysitter, you know, of a phone or an iPad or a TV. And again, if we don't want to deal with the awkwardness or the hard moments of parenting, if we feel like we're kind of at our wits end, which happens a lot and it's tough but trying to think about even ways of, okay, how am I just allowing my kids to escape uh, through, through some uh, technology just so I can then escape through my phone, you know, but, but neither one of us are really taking the break that we need. We're not taking the break that we need. And so I think it's just a good reminder that we, we, we still need to do physical things in a physical world. Like we still need that. We are physical bodies. Like that hasn't gone away yet. You know, <laughs> maybe someday it will. I don't know. <laughs> and so I think it's just that encouragement for let's all go take a walk to the lake. Uh, you know, I got really into gardening. I didn't think I'd be into gardening, but it was just, again, one of those experiences where it's like, I can be at my house. I can be in my front yard. I can be with my kids and we can talk about life and we can talk about plants and we're planting things. We can see it grow. And we can see how much time it takes. Yeah. You know, it's just, again, those farming principles. And I have, you know, in the book, I talk about the, the farmer's mindset model. Yes. You know, how do we think like a farmer? Uh, how do we think like an entrepreneur? You know, these different ways to see life. But that was one of them, that farmer mindset model of how does a farmer look at their day? How do they pay attention differently than, than other people? I love it. I love it. Paul Angoni, author of Listen to Your Day. The Life Change and Practice of Paying Attention. Where can people get your book? Anywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon's an easy one. My website, allgrownup.com is still my main place. And that's, sorry, hey. I have a dog barking hey, buddy. right now. <laughs> uh, um, G-R-O-A-N, all grown up. It's wonderful. You're like you're growing pains. Uh, yes. You can find free chapters from all my books at allgrownup.com. Uh, so if you want to just dive into any of my 20-something books or listen to your day, jump on there and get some free chapters. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes as, as always. And, uh, you know, before I go, you've answered this question a few times. So I'm curious to see what your answer is, but, but he needs some attention. He wants you to listen to his day because he has not <laughs> felt like you're actually having this uh, life change in practice. Of pain. See, the dogs want me to pay. Someone's banging on the door and the dog's like, you need to pay attention to that. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell the dog with my eyes, like, this is not important right now. <laughs> Our focus is here on this great conversation. It's he just one more question. He it's wasn't feeling question. that. He wasn't feeling that. We're almost there. We're almost to the finish line. Okay. Well, almost, we're almost, almost. My wife, my wife attended to the door. So I think we we're good. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, my question, my final question to you uh, is always my mission statement reframed as a question. So, Paul, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Oh gosh, that is such a great one. I, I think it's not, uh, I think my difference maybe is that I, <laughs> I don't run from the pain and the problems that I'm experiencing. I try to sit in them a little bit and uh, I try to do something about it, you know, and I think, 
And then I, I take people along the journey of here's what's working for me. And here, here, let's talk about this and let me, I'll be the first one, you know? So, cause, cause my, one of my phrases I'm always saying is that we're all struggling, but too many of us are struggling to make it look like we're not struggling. Mm. And it's in that shared struggle, right? That's the power. That's the power. It's like, okay, we're in this together. We're all fellow travelers. And that's what I feel like my role is as an author, as a speaker. It's like, hey, I'm in here this too, but I've just, I've become so passionate about doing something about this because I know what it's like to go through through this. So I think it's, it's just that ability to kind of like, hey, you know, I'm not going to run from this. Let me figure out how to, how to reinvent this, how to do, how to transform this. Where's the redemption in this? And then how do I help other people do the same? That was a long explanation, but geez. It was a beautiful explanation. <laughs> it was a beautiful explanation. Uh, and so by the time this comes out, your local Denver Nuggets might be NBA. Oh, I hope so. Gosh, I hope. <laughs> Jokic is my guy. We were just talking about that. Beat your beat LeBron. Yeah, first, yeah. First time the, the Nuggets have ever beat the Lakers in the playoffs. So it's like, I think Laker fans are like, we got to give them this one. I mean, come on. It's been I, 45 Jokic, years of he's gonna utility win. for us. So I hope. I hope it's, this is the year. He's going to win. And so I'm, I'm keeping this in. So if he doesn't win when this podcast is out, feel free to throw, uh, go to allgrownup.com and buy all the books as punishment. Well, please, you'll see my tears. I'll probably have a picture of me crying Paul meme on the, on the website. So. Well, uh, this has been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. Thanks for having me on. It was an honor. All right. Kings, queens, and royalty. Until next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.